in five, four, three. Hey, everybody. This is Danielle. And this is Daniel. And I'm Carla, and we are Hoosier Homicide, a true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers, or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. We bet. What episode is this? We've done so many, I lost count. Three. It's four. It's four. Four? Ep- episode four. Oh. The Oops. Case I, number three. Thir- yeah. It's four. Shut it's up, all Danielle. just running together. <laughs> the success. Wow. It's going to our heads. <laughs> Greetings. Salutation yes. snack. Snack. Almost love our a little snack. <laughs> how, are, how are you, Daniel? I am. I'm good. I am good. I'm good. How are you, Carla? I'm doing good. Better than last time we spoke. Just yes. kidding. Not better, but we've all had the flu. Oh, my Ooh. Oh, God. Everyone well, go get a flu shot. Go to the doctor. Get admitted to the hospital. Don't let them tell you no, you're okay. Just go. Right now. Whatever you're doing. Get a flu shot. And I talked to nurse friends, and they, even though we've already had the flu, they said, still go get the flu shot. Hint, hint. Oh, I thought Danielle. because I was already really, really sick, I can't get it again. Yeah, but they can't guarantee that you didn't have just... Plain Jane stomach flu. Okay. Well, nothing plain Jane about it. That was two days in the hospital. So we had the flu. We all gave it to each other. I missed a day of work. Daniel was in the hospital. He was coming out both ends. To put it lightly, yeah. I was, knock on wood, about the only one who hasn't been. You have scathed it by. But I've been eating the, the fuck out of them vitamin C gummies. It's your rough, grumpy exterior. The viruses can't penetrate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Dad said he had the shits. Dad really is count? even more rough and grumpy. That's and true. he gets the shits anyway, so is what he said. I pooped a little more than usual today for a Monday. Oh, God. It's Monday. Did you, re- did you reference last Monday's journal? Yeah, he's got a journal. I do. It's, it's a poop journal. It's craptastic. <laughs> So. I'd also like to note that I puked liquid green soap. Honey, I puked for 20 hours. <laughs> oh, and your shit, it was green. Why it are was you like looking at my shit? Dark green. No, the vomit. Sorry. Oh, the shit vomit. <laughs> Boy, I should uh, is this how we're starting? That. This is how we're going to start every episode. It's how was your shit today? Well, well you were asked, we're saying, hey, shit. how have you been doing? Well, how have we been doing? We've been puking and shitting. That's basically how it's been. So, shout out to flu season. <clears throat> and how has the weather been in Indiana the last two days? How was the weather yesterday? It was nice. Very nice. 50 degrees. What is it now? It is 30 degrees and snowing again. It's safe to say it's like spring, winter, spring, winter, spring, winter. That is Indiana. So everyone has a permanent headache and it's grouchy as fuck. It is. I have a permanent tension headache. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. It's fine. Like, I'm never going to be the same, but it's never going to be the same. (laughs) Oh, what else? Anything else? It's Super Bowl week. It is Super Bowl week. Which I was confused. You're like, the next game. And I was like, who plays next? (laughs) And you're like, it's the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Can't wait to see the Blackhawks play the Hornets. That's going to be great. God damn it, Carla. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. That honestly would be kind of interesting. But do we really want the Eagles or the Patriots to win? I think... I refuse to answer that question. I know. I it's won't. really I hard. No one can make question. me look. No. I think I just really want to like... All I want to do is perhaps see Justin Timberlake accidentally 
Expose Janet Jackson's tits. Let's see a nip, one Justin. One more time. Both boobs instead of one. That's that would right. actually... That would be something. You can bet something. on that in Vegas, I believe. That's a prop bet. <gasps> oh. A prop bet. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's... Because I went to Vegas, like, two two years ago? Three years ago? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you could bet on anything. You could bet on a Super Bowl 40 years from now. Really? Yeah. Huh. What if you could bet that there won't be a Super Bowl 40 years from now? What? That would be a more likely bet to hit than guessing which team I would, yeah. would think. Yeah. Because it's that's a 50-50. Now I feel like I need to make a bet. Who can I play I think a le- or I think my friend did. You uh, did? I think she just like put $10 down on like the Colts winning the Super Bowl. She I won. Like, we did a, um, what are those things? Kind of a company pool. I can't remember exactly what it is, but you pick squares. It's Hollywood Squares. I, I no, I can't fucking remember what it is. But basically, you're betting on the game, and there's different things you get. Um, we bet on the game at work. Mm-hmm. And I actually won the final score last year, and yeah. I think I won like two hundred bucks. You did, yeah. yeah. Can't you like you can bet on who wins the toss and the spread? That's right. Yeah, yeah. The score you can like bet on how anything. many people get injured, how many wives go into labor gonna... during the game. <laughs> you could bet on anything, whether they're going to tell them or not during the game. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> if, Tom Brady's thumb is actually robotic, but we won't know because he wears gloves. <laughs> yeah. Hey. If he has a robotic hand, then he could have inadvertently deflated the balls. And then it's all a big accident. Oh, but no, no, think, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not talking about the flake yet. Move on, man. <laughs> all right. True crime. True Let's crime. skip the hoopla. Stop it, you slurper. Switch. He said? Don't touch my Diet Coke. That's my Diet Coke. No. It has motherfucking Splenda in it. I it enjoy my Diet Coke. I enjoy Coke. The it has Splenda a motherfucking Splenda. Now, if you would like some Diet Coke, you can say, please. Don't talk to me like I'm two. Yeah, well, we have to talk to this like the. We have to talk to the two year old like this. So. She doesn't listen. What makes you think I'm going to listen? <laughs> We're cracking something here. (laughs) Let's skip the hoopla. All right. Who are we going to talk about? Let's give them something to talk about. How about Herb? Yeah. Can you sing his last name? No. Did you guys plan that out? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Would have been better if we did or not? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. We're going to talk about Herb. Baumeister. Yes. The he one, the only. Is a serial killer. Although, not technically. Yeah, and that's kind of a, I mean, Un- I, 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 I get it, but. Technically, he's not? Yeah. If you say so. I say so's a lot, sir. Technically, then, Aaron Hernandez was guilty of, or uh, was innocent. Because he was too. under appeal? Yep. Yeah. Interesting. That's weird. Is that only the... How many states are like that? I don't know. Should we... I guess we should fill people in who don't know. The guy who was the former tight end for the Patriots who was convicted of first-degree murder mm-hmm. committed suicide during his appeal. And in the state of Massachusetts, if you die before you get through all your appeals, 
they just say, ah, fuck it, and they overturn your conviction because you're dead. What fucking difference does it make? I feel like it makes a lot of difference. If it was my kid well, makes that diff- was murdered or my, well, you sure. know, I'd be like, it makes a lot of so difference. So they were just like, well, he's not a serial killer, I guess. No, we'll get to why he's okay. not. Oh, boy, this is a good one. This is not unheard of. Herb is not unheard of. But as not as many podcasts have done him, my favorite murder did him when they came to Indy. And when yes. Daniel and I got to see them. And I listened to it yes. a couple days ago. Yep, so they did a good funny. job. They're funny. The one, the one the one thing we might add to this is, over other thing, is we're 30 minutes from where we're gonna this go. happened. We're going to go. We're going to spend the night. No, the fuck you yeah, are. Yeah, I am. <laughs> no, you're we not. We should do a drive-by. No, you're not. You told me the yesterday Monon you were not tra- doing Was it, it the Monon Trail that oh. up? Oh, yeah, the, yeah. You can walk back up to it and like look in the windows. Well, we're going to go hiking. I don't recommend the Monon at night. I got boots. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, you, that's fine. If you two want to go, that's fine. <laughs> the child and I will stay behind. And But before you go, I need to up your life insurance. <laughs> it's treacherous. Treacherous. And you're not allowed to come home in case something attaches, evil attaches to, you. to you. Yeah, we'll talk about that, <laughs> because too. Just because you're haunted, just because your house is haunted doesn't mean that you aren't. Oh, man. And you're the type of person that you could fucking pick something up like. Are you calling me malignant? You got the stomach flu sure. and threw up for 20 hours. You could pick up anything. Anything. <laughs> pick you up and drop you. Herbert Richard Baumeister was born April 7th, 1947 in Indianapolis, Indiana. He Ooh. is the oldest of four children. And his dad is a anesthesiologist his mother was doctor doctor herbert herbert baumeister which sounds like a good name i don't know when i hear baumeister i think of like an old like like crazy demented nun from germany or something he is old and crazy and probably was a demented nun in a former life (laughs) maybe that's why (laughs) so reportedly most of his childhood was normal he grew up in the butler tarkington area where's that at it's on the north side of Indianapolis. Where fucking everything is, apparently. We stay fur away from... Yeah, we don't go on but the north side. It's inside the loop. Inside the loop. It is inside the loop. So you have four... If you have Indianapolis, is right smack dab middle in the state. And then there is an interstate that goes all the way around it. That Maybe. is called 465. We are otherwise known as the crossroad state. Not just honest to goodness, so. Because everything meets at 465. Yes. And sometimes 465's your best friend, and sometimes you fucking hate it. I could get lost in a bathtub, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) That's so specific. Okay. So the older he got, the weirder he got. Like a lot of us, but this is a different type of weird. You're still getting weird. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I don't disagree. You're related. Play um, antisocial behaviors. And we were talking about antisocial doesn't mean we don't want to hang out. Because if that's antisocial behavior, we're all Oh, I didn't even leave the house on Saturday. Not once. I love it. I I mean, I want to be alone anytime I can be alone. But I'm not alone very often. So anyways, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about not conforming to societal norms. For example, when you find dead animals and want to play with them. He picked up a crow at one point that was dead and took it with him to school and I think hit it in the teacher's desk. I think he threw it on top to, of the desk. Okay, threw it on top of the desk. Now, I, I mean, is that playing with dead animals or is that you don't like your teacher? You're using the dead animal in the, in the wrong way. If you <laughs> remove it for any other reason than to dispose of the 
mm-hmm. carcass. You are playing with it. <laughs> I'm guessing he didn't have a funeral it's, service for it. It's just like if you shake it two times. Oh, wait, no, it's three times. <laughs> How many times? Three, more than You know, sometimes, you I, know. sometimes I just sit there and you I don't get count. lost in the middle. No, I just, get, I just get thinking and then if I'll say If you shake like, it more than twice, you're playing with, with it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so, Same goes for anyways, dead animals. Dead animals. Next Same time thing. you're, you're If you pick it up chain. and you shake it more than twice... You're, you're playing, playing with, with it. it. If okay. Next time you're yanking your chain, we just want you to think of dead animals, okay? Mm, yum. <laughs> I don't know how dead it was, but I'm assuming it was pretty dead. Yeah. So uh, another thing he would ponder about was, was the taste of urine. Here's the thing that gets me about this, is that if you were really, want, like, it wouldn't be that hard to do. Yeah. It if you, if you ask my father what urine tasted like, he'd say, go get yourself a can of Coors Light. <laughs> I'd say the same thing, but really, though, I enjoy Coors Light. Mm-hmm. When you're outside it. and it's hot, it's it really is like beer water. Beer, yeah, and yeah. it's refreshing. What's the joke? Oh, what does sex in a canoe and Coors Light have in common? I don't know, I know Daniel. Daniel. It's fucking close to water. <laughs> <laughs> but really, like, okay, he's pondering the taste of urine, but it wouldn't be hard to figure out well sure yeah <laughs> piss in a jar but guys like to do that kind of thing don't they we talked about urinating outside do I you keep, do that yeah i keep jars around the house my my pee jars <laughs> my Andrew, pee pee jar yeah that's when you're like on level 164 of a game and you, you can't, can't get, get up, up. <laughs> no i have peed in a gatorade be- uh, gatorade bottle before driving i just wasn't i wasn't you know, if i it. if i was a guy i would I'm not gonna lie it's not as easy as it sounds. I just haven't thought about it, really. <laughs> because the whole game is is not just I. It's not just to pee inside the bottle. It's to try to pee and then not piss all over yourself. Right. Because then people would know you. And were then trying not to, to drop bottle. the bottle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay. Though later in his teens, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but he didn't receive any treatment. So the question is. Did they just take him for appearances sake? Like, they were like, Dr. Herbert, your son is fucking weird. And so they, he was like, all right, all right, I'll take him to a buddy of mine. They'll look at him. They diagnosed him. And that'll appease everyone. And so it's like, look, he's weird. We know he's weird. And everyone's just going to let it go now. Or did they offer meds? Or they gave the option of electric shock? And they didn't want to do that. I don't really blame them. What? What medication did they have I don't for think, schizophrenia in the 19, know. what was it, the 1960s, 1970s? So, I don't think they had a whole lot, specifically. I mean, obviously they have some stuff nowadays, but... And if they, what they did have, it might have been pretty heavily sedating, you know, because... Yeah. I mean... Because what else are you going to do? Yeah, so they might have opted for nothing because the two options were not pleasant ones. So you said he was a teenager? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that common, though, for, like, that diagnosis to happen? I feel like it is early adulthood in males like early 20s late teens so maybe i'm not so they didn't miss a beat here is what you're saying Mm-mm, they were i mean it's around the time he could have been displaying some schizophrenic tendencies so it's not impossible but i don't see anything the rest of his life that necessarily says i'm schizophrenic like you know a break with reality hallucinations like seeing things like he never reports any of that so it's just this once they bring up this diagnosis. And they just slap a band-aid on it and then he gets guy Yeah, or his dad like, I can control it. My yeah. crazy. My crazy. I keep it under wraps. 
He went to school at North Central High School. Where's that? Also on the north, north side. side. <laughs> it's actually East 86th Street on the north side. Right, Within, I think it's right by the uh, fashion mall. It's in the yes. loop. Yep. It's in the loop. It's in... Uh, where <laughs> he lacked in sports, dating, that type of thing. Okay, that's not uncommon. No, and he preferred to be alone with books, which, again, not... I mean, maybe during the time it was otter, otter, like the, not like the animal. I'm not sure if that's a word. But if it is... Um, it's good now. I don't think it is, though. I'm more odd, but it doesn't sound good either. In 1965, her Baumeister attended... Indiana University! My alma mater. For a semester before he dropped out. Which, again, a lot of people drop out of college. He started work at the Indianapolis Star as a copy boy. And then he returned to IU two years later. And I think he was going to major in anatomy... I think the idea was to be a doctor like his dad was, but didn't really have the predisposition to do that. Well, he did. He liked anatomy, though. We know that. I like the animals. Yeah. That's not all he liked. <laughs> no, it's not. An odd incident occurred when Herb picked up a friend, group of friends or people that had potential friends. Down at IU. Yeah, he was going to take him to IU, so I'm guessing he picked him up around here. Oh. Oh, like okay, yeah, this picked is him after. up. Oh, but this was a road trip. Yeah, in a hearse. <gasps> yeah, with the lights and stuff going, and drove them all the way to Bloomington in a hearse. In a hearse. So now some people might th- find that kind of funny. I don't think they did. Why would that. they get in then? I don't know. I don't know. But he got a big kick out of it. Well, most people who probably have access to a hearse. Yeah, well, he did. It's retired yeah. ones yeah. that they're driving, but then they're in this one that's. Someone still using. There might have been a body in the back. Whose was it? His dad, because he's a doctor, probably had access to like... What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what someone... What the hell? So, so your friend picks you up. Trying what? to pick you up in a hearse. Like, I mean, you can get in if you think it's funny, but like, don't. Check the back <laughs> for a body first. Yes. <laughs> and if there's a body in it, bring flowers with you and put them in the back and then it's okay. Yeah, I don't think that's how that works. I'm They're glad not. you made up the rules for that. Well, everyone just brings flowers and puts them around everything. I think the rule of thumb should be don't ride anywhere in a car with a dead body. That's true. Because now you're now you're transporting a dead body. Uh, don't transport it across state, state lines. lines. No. No, <laughs> don't. November 1971. Someone agreed to marry her Baumeister. Julie Sater. He met her at IU. And okay. Yes. Is... They had similar um, opinions on... Oh, they were both part of the uh, the Young Republicans. Yeah. They were conservatives. Okay. In a time where college wasn't. It's still as, not. Is, how's your I say? When? Whenever. Can you tell me exactly when it was? If you're trying to find the most conservative part of Indiana... The least conservative? The least conservative area of Indiana is Bloomington. I was getting ready to say... Um... It's like you enter into this little bubble and all is well. All is well. (laughs) Julie was a high school journalism instructor and she quit that job because they were going to have a family. During this, there was six months later though, she, he was admitted again into a psychiatric facility by his father. And her only statement was that he was hurting and needed help. So again, maybe it was appropriate. And obviously that's a very 
vague statement. Yeah, but it's still it's appropriate that if you need psychiatric attention to get it, but it never really says what is a flare up of schizophrenia and put some cream on it and send them back out. Like put some cream. Oh, on so it. that's what the treatment was. <laughs> there was a cream. Here you go. Hunter will go butt cream. Butt cream. Oh, but, oh yeah, she wants a butt cutting butt cream. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't sound like that though. She does though. It does sound like that. She doesn't. I know, but she doesn't sound like a hillbilly. Butt cream. She does. It's great. Well, the best part is when she'll get upset because you know you're changing her diaper and mm. she wants. I need butt cream. Cream. I was like, yes, we all do need a little butt cream. You should clarify what the butt cream is. It's, it's... butt paste. Or... It's butt paste. <laughs> <laughs> That's another name for it. Desitin. It's not homemade. Is it desitin? That's really another name for it. Yeah, it there's... says on there butt paste. You can buy butt paste, too. <laughs> Women will know what I'm talking about. Yes, but is there an actual brand desitin. called? Desitin. It's bus... like Aquaphor. Yeah, I know, but it's not. It, That's another one, yeah. Let's see, but it, I don't think it ever it actually says butt paste on it there is one <laughs> i am looking this up okay it's like chapstick for your butt oh that actually that's a good one <laughs> you're so, welcome marketing teams in 1972 he went he did a semester at butler university oh there is stuff called thank butt paste. you <laughs> thank you oh weird yeah i can even picture the creepy little baby cartoon <laughs> that really makes it sound like it's homemade yeah well you know I, I see that i think of butt paste. um uh, Scrody McBooger balls <laughs> for, <laughs> for Sarah Jessica Parker's butt cheese. Oh, it's South Park. Oh, I gotta oh. love South Park. Oh my God, no! All right. So, in 1974, he started working at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. You know, I would venture to say a lot of odd folk do work there. It just is a place. It's a place for all. It's a place for sadist. What? (laughs) The last time I was there, like, getting the address changed to the house we lived at for two years now, and my license didn't reflect that. She wanted, the lady wanted you and I to know, like, our marriage something. I don't know it was about, like, getting on a plane now. You would need your, like, um passport i don't know she was just talking that's at if you, me okay i know what she's talking about but she but. was talking about marriage i go you mean we're not married she was like no no i go do i have to tell my husband we're not married anymore i go he might be happy to hear it i'm not sure <laughs> she was, was really fucking with her and she was just looking at she did not think it was funny <laughs> well you know they make you wait like you should have been like you know like, you should what, be like, this is great news. Whether, oh, oh no. Whether if we are, whether if we are not, that's still going to cost me a lot of money. Right. She was like, you're still married. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just need my driver's, I just need my address changed then. And then she handed me some papers that I just threw in the My, my address, rewind back to episodes one and two, it still says the address it's, to that home. The, yeah. we need it's it, only been five years. In case years. that neighborhood explodes again, we need to be able to get into it. Right. No. No. <laughs> okay. Like I said, working at the BMV, and he was an odd fellow there. He liked to bark at people, order, bark around orders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't wake up the <laughs> dog. Stop. And, <laughs> and you know, tell people what to do, get a cheap thrill. I think there's a lot of jerks like that that are your boss and you can't say anything to them. Do you growl at your boss? Ooh, let's not Sometimes. go there. <laughs> let's not go there. Sometimes. 
And so, for no apparent reason, he's probably just letting off steam at whoever he wanted to. But, for one Christmas, he kind of skeeved people out. Is that a word? Skeeved. Skeeved people out by sending co-workers a card with him and another man dressed in drag. Which, dressing in drag in and of itself is nothing wrong, but when you're just a regular old dude that... Oh, so when you're doing it with another man, that's what No, no, no. They knew it. nothing about his... Uh, his hobbies. Yeah, so... They just might be it just taken aback. It just was a little odd. Oh, well, you know. You've never mailed somebody a picture of you in drag? I don't think it's drag if you're a, a is woman. Is it a drag? If you're... Can it, is it drag? If you're a woman and you dress up as a guy, is it... Then it's drag. Is it drag still? Uh, beats the hell out of me. I can't. I wouldn't be able to Correct do us. We'd love you to. No, I hate being corrected. I just ignore things. But nonetheless, he did really well at that job. They noticed that he had a go-get-em attitude. He liked to work. Fairly intelligent. Well, above average intelligence. He earned the title of program director. And he got away with doing shit like pissing on the boss's desk. So there's that pee thing. He's really into the pee. Yeah. You know, but Is he they're... still wondering about the taste? Because I'm telling you, it wouldn't be hard to figure out. No, and I'm still <laughs> wondering. Especially when you're walking around with a permanent fire hose. <laughs> you know, just. You said you could put the fire out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering if he's ever paid anyone for a golden shower at this point. Like, you have, there has to have been some. We went there. Yeah, I need to know. I didn't see anything. When you about said it. we went there, I'm like. Where did you go? Where we you... went to that area. We got in the car and drove real quick and went to that department we about showers that only spray urine. Okay. <laughs> really? Such place exists. Yeah, Home Depot. They're more expensive. <laughs> might be might be good for your skin. Oh, God. They're warm at first because they get cold real fast. Stop it. Stop with this. How would you know? How would hey. you know? <laughs> Pete on the boss's desk, we got away with it. Everyone knew it was him, but I guess they couldn't prove it. <laughs> Who else there has the pee fetish? Where's that pee guy? <laughs> went up and... Boss went up and sniffed it. That's Herb. Herb. God damn it, Herb. Not again. Uh, however, he eventually was fired for relieving himself on a letter addressed to the governor of Indiana, Robert D. Orr. And, but he was a Republican, so I, I don't understand why... Herb, who was also a conservative, would pee on a letter addressed to the then governor in 1985. So you're saying he didn't get fired for peeing on his boss's desk, but he got pee- he got fired for peeing on I'm a piece of paper. Yeah, he got caught for this. I wonder if he got caught. Like someone saw oh. him, saw the weenie out. <laughs> saw, yeah, but having, saw having the weenie out in the 70s wasn't near as offensive but as it was today. Draining the lizard. <laughs> it is more offensive today. Don't do that. Oh, God, though. No. no. So I don't understand why was he was he just peeing on the letter because it had some prominence and like I'm going to make a statement you can print here. Another one. Yeah, well, back then I bet they had to type know. it. I don't know. So after this thing started to tumble around a bit, he um, committed a hit and run while drunk, and then and received no punishment for it. And then later was charged with auto theft and conspiracy to commit theft, and still avoided any charges, which is a common thing with people that have like to commit crimes in the beginning they get away with a lot of shit and he eventually wound up working for a thrift shop and he felt like it was menial or beneath him but he learned how to do it and later along with his wife julie and then his they took a loan from his mom who was recently widowed 
So it was the Widow Baumeister, which is just a great name. Like it really I, is. I don't know what we can put it on. Like I don't know if there should be a movie or like a series on a Hallmark Channel or a Lifetime. It should be a Lifetime series called a th- like a four part mini series, The Widow Baumeister. And that's all I've got. So you fill in the gaps. You have to like trademark it. Make yeah. sure somebody buys that from you. Okay, good. <laughs> so she's giving them the money to start the business Save a Lot store. Spelled S-A-V dash. Not to be confused with the Save-A-Lot grocery store Store. that's still around the day. Yeah, some people will put that picture up as connection with this, but it's not. It's not a grocery store. It was, the thrift store was in conjunction with the Children's Bureau of Indianapolis. So it was a charity. And so secondhand stuff, um, clothes, household goods, and one of my favorite places. I know everyone like. likes thrift stores. I store. love the thrift stores. Yep, they do. So keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, and the the business did really well. In 1991, they moved. They had two. They ended up having two locations, and they were able to move their middle class home into the fashionable West Side District in 20 miles out of Indianapolis in Hamilton County. Close to Carmel. Caramel. Caramel. Is that on the... Westfield. Westfield. Westfield, yeah. Yeah, but is it more to the west? Like of Carmel? Yeah, like where we are. Oh, from where from where we are? Yeah. Westfield? No, fuck no, it's, it's north. north. It's on yeah. the north side, like everything It's on else. the goddamn north side. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Hamilton County, close to Carmel, which is where the yuppies are. <gasps> Don't say I said it. I said it. Don't say that. Sounds like somebody has some envy. Well, no. It's a drive. I don't want to drive there. Uh, They bought an uh, elegant 8.5 acre, $1 million estate called Fox Hollow Farm. Four bedrooms, a riding stable, and an indoor pool. The staple to any mansion is its indoor pool. I just feel like that's so weird. I just feel like it would be a lot of upkeep. And you're of, at risk for, like, mold and stuff. A lot and, of chlorine. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a good idea. Mm-mm. I looked at a house with a indoor pool, remember? When yeah. we were going to move here. And but it was on a major, it was, like, right off a major road. It was weird. And the rest of the house kind of sucked, but it's like, oh, well, it's got an indoor pool. And it's well, would weird. you even, I feel like I would never even use it. Like, uh, Yeah. Don't worry, Herb used his. Yikes. So what do you have? He had a 19, 19 acres. Yeah. But he decided to put the pool inside. (laughs) I've got all this land. Let's put the pool in my house. (laughs) Say how many square feet the house is. No, how many? 92. According to Zillow, it is 9,269 square feet. So So what you're saying is. How big our house is. Our house would fit inside that perhaps a couple, four, five, six so what you're saying is though ah, this man. house is still standing and it's it available yeah. to view on zillow yes it yes, is you could yes it is it is up there you can uh google fox hollow farms and you can find the place yeah. is it currently yeah. on the market no nope zestimate is seven hundred and forty thousand dollars so even after all the hoops. after nice. after something you bought for a million dollars in 1990 that it well there's it's two hundred and sixty thousand yeah. dollars less that's yeah. i think that's especially insane. for in westfield mm-hmm. 18 acres 
And of course, when this thing was built in, like, I think it was built in the late 70s, there was nothing around it. Well, now, if you go to the east or to the west or fuck north across the street, there's there's a neighborhood in front of it. There's a neighborhood to the west. We're talking about the Monon Trail behind it. Right. Well, the Monon Trail runs north and south along along the eastern perimeter of it. And then you've got all the woods behind them. And then there's a neighborhood that backs up to those woods. So it's a nice little area. It is. Oh, yeah. I mean, Westfield and Carmel. I mean, it's a very nice area. Uh, But their marriage was a little rocky. They split up several times, but then got, you know, back together over and over. And she... So Julie would often take the kids to visit Widow Baumeister during the weekends to their condominium on Lake Wawasee. And I forgot to look that up. Where it's at. Where? Wawasee? Lake Wawasee. Wawasee. Let's just keep talking. Wawasee. Well, how the fuck do you spell Wawasee? W-A-W-A-S-E-E. I way overthought that. I don't know <laughs> Just why. how it sounds. Lake Wawasee. Wawasee is like southeast of Syracuse. Is it Wawasee or Wawasee? Wawasee. We can, it's kind of fun to say. I listened to another podcast and they were struggling with that. It is east of South Park, Indiana. Did you know there was a South Park, Indiana? No. Let's go there. Where else is it near? Um, Syracuse. I don't know where Syracuse. It's it's north, 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 north. Okay. It's north of Fort Wayne. It's uh, oh wow, okay. So they had to drive. To yeah, see, it's south of Goshen. To so see Grandmother Almost, Widow. you're getting close to Michigan. Okay. Okay. So it's on. They're headed towards the water. Like that's. Well, yeah, I mean, there's obviously this called it's lake, so there's a lake mm-hmm. there. So they're headed closer to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still a little bit of a hike mm-hmm. to Michigan, but didn't know there was a fucking lake up there. I guess there's a couple there. I guess there's a couple lakes up there. We're learning something. I heard the name before. I knew. Don't we sound all professional? I've heard it. I meant to look it Ooh, Johnson Bay. (laughs) There's a Johnson (laughs) Bay on Lake Wawasee. Show me your Johnson. (laughs) No. (laughs) So the point is the kids would go up there. So it's a bit of a trip. It wasn't like, you know, a 20 minute. They were going. And you go for at least a week or so, if not longer. Yeah, I mean, because from where they're going, I mean, that's easily a two hour drive. Yeah. And but Herb would stay back, you know, because he's got to take care of business. 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 He's got to take care of the estate. Okay, Julie later admitted that she and Herb had only engaged in sex six times in the 25 years they were married. And she had only ever seen him, or she never saw him nude. How does one not see someone nude when engaging in sexual intercourse? I don't know, maybe she told him he had to close her eyes the whole time. But, like, he would get dressed in the bathroom and then, like, run into the bedroom real quick and dive between the sheets and, like, you know. That's... That sounds about what, like what I do. Yeah, sure. I feel like, like if you can count the amount no, of time, it's like you got. She said he was ashamed of like his skinny body. And it's like, but you get married, and that person just accepts you for the what? Like that's supposed to be the point. I'm ashamed of my skinny body. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> well compared, you know, to a, a hippopotamus. You leave the hippos out of this. Or the state puff marshmallow Fiona man. is a princess. You leave her alone. <laughs> Okay, so she's never seen her husband's Twinkie. So he... he, (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, what marriage in this day and age is not going to happen? They have three kids, though, so they've had sex six times, so twice each time. That's that's a pretty high success rate. Yeah, it really (laughs) is. Other than uh, 
not seeing your husband's Twinkie. <laughs> or what other host is good? They're hiding down there. <laughs> hey, where's the cream filling? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> where's the ho-ho and ding-dong? <laughs> where's ho Yep. So, they buy, they buy the house. Life's the farm. The Not farm? just a house, they bought a farm. They got horses and stuff. Off two... They worked for a non-for-profit. Yeah, that's always good. Everything's looking really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. With Herb seeming pretty much a... He's a pillar of the community. He's a pillar of the community. He's your standard white guy pillar of the community. Admired, respected. Every community needs one. He even... So here's a fun story for you. In uh, 1994... Herb Baumeister is was interviewed by WTHR Channel 13 in Indianapolis mm-hmm. about a uh, one of the trucks that go up and down and paint the lines on the highway, or he was in a vehicle, I believe, with his son, or either out in front of the farm. I don't know exactly where it was at, and there was a dead raccoon on the side of the road. One and of Herb's Herb, favorite things. From yeah. a distance, he went. Someone should really go urinate on that poor animal and then remove its body and go put it on somebody's desk that'd be hilarious so herb is standing back with his young son and and basically goes oh they're gonna spray paint over that raccoon they're not even gonna stop they're not gonna move it out of the way and sure the fuck enough that that paint crew went right over and spray painted over the top of the fucking raccoon and we actually found that clip on youtube and we'll play it now. Right by striping, whatever. Herb Baumeister of Carmel saw it all. I said to my son, they're going to hit that raccoon with a spray gun, and sure enough, they just strike right over his face and neck. You know, didn't even move it. You know, no effort to, you know, get it out of the way. So I happened to have a Polaroid with me, so I took a shot of the thing. A raccoon which met its demise on the yellow line became one with the paint. The raccoon has since been removed. This is all that's left. This was just, you know, uh, the painter should have had a chalk light drawn around his career by state officials. There was no excuse for that. I mean, the poor thing deserved a better fate than that. Okay. As so, you can hear, so, the concern, <laughs> the quality isn't spectacular. But something I want to point out, besides the fact that we're talking and about... we will put a picture up. There is actually a picture on the news of this raccoon with its head <laughs> spray painted. It had a nice makeover. It's the announcer guys too. The raccoon was one with the pavement, met its demise. And it's like, what the fuck are you? Tone it down. That was a slow week for the news. (laughs) But if you listen to Herb though in this, like I had to listen a couple times, he says that guy should have a chalk line drawn around his career. So he's saying this guy's career should be murdered. That's really creepy. That's just a weird way. And then he says at the very end that, like, the raccoon deserved better. And it's like, he's murdering people during this. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler! (laughs) I think he's smiling after going, does anyone want to come inside my farm? At the pool is nice and warm. I care for animals. (laughs) You want a popsicle? (laughs) It's awfully hot out here. <laughs> I think it was a summertime. Well, so, yeah, I mean. It's a great video. One for the archives, for sure. Yep. When do you think the person realized, years later, 
oh, fuck, I interviewed that guy when the paint crew ran over that raccoon. I had no idea. I'm sure they did. Dude. I've seen a picture before where a paint crew actually went, sprayed around the animal. That's even better. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the... (laughs) They didn't bring their spatula that day. Just gonna... Right off the concrete. Worse is when he took Polaroid pictures of it. Yeah, he needed to like document it. Mm -hmm. He went a Polaroid picture. What you got there? What you got there, Herb? Oh, nothing. Picture of a dead raccoon that got spray painted. I feel like he just goes home and like. Oh yeah. Pins it on his wall. He goes home and masturbates to his. He's just like took the picture and immediately like stuck it in his pants. Yep. (laughs) He didn't let the ink develop all the way or anything. No. Okay, so we've gotten to the raccoon. Yep. As the English would say, it's a raccoon. So then a young man, 28-year-old Alan Broussard, goes missing. and Also in June of... Yep, of June. Although we don't know, that's when that raccoon video is for sure. I mean, we know We're it was the summer. It I'm gonna say it's the it summer. Is. It's a nice... It was a yeah. nice month. It's gonna so be. is June. And Alan, it was a heavier drinker and a part of the gay community... And had gone, last seen leaving a gay bar called Brothers. And his mom had actually shown up at retired investigator with the Marion County Sheriff's Department, Virgil Vandegriff. And he has the stash you would think he would have. A bristly white mustache. And he talks like Winston Churchill. I'm Virgil Vandegriff. And he has a cigar hanging out of his mouth at all times. He probably could have, yeah. And this is kind of interesting. There is a bar downtown called Brothers. It might be the same. I don't, I don't know. know. It just recently opened. It's so not they, the same. They didn't, like, take into account. We should <laughs> let them know. Yeah. Um, he's now a private investigator because uh, how long do you have to wait to report to the police if someone is missing? Only 30 days. Only 30 days. Now Nowadays, it's like 12 hours depending on the age of the person. I don't know. Like, it just... Maybe for an adult. I don't know what you can... I get it, like, legally, if you're an adult and you want to piece the fuck out, you can. But it's like, if you know someone and their habits and what they do and where they go, and you're like, no, this person is supposed to be here. I live with them, or they see me every day, and now I can't find them. like, they didn't show up to work. Yeah. They're like, it's fine, just wait 30 days. Yeah, let us... So that's why this private eye said, people come and find me because the police won't do shit for them. And I think, and we were talking, like, also, the police are less likely to help because what they considered... To yeah. be his lifestyle. The, uh, okay, I, I, I just looked it up because we probably should have known this. There is no longer a way to okay. file a missing person's report. Because yeah. 30 days, I'd be like, well, there's no... To problem. IMPD. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Hamilton County's different, but I doubt it. Hamilton County, yeah. Virgil Vandergriff put up wanted posters or missing posters, all that type of stuff for Alan Broussard and... Kind of while he's doing this work, a detective with the Indianapolis Police Department, Mary Wilson, is investigating disappearances of gay men with similar age, height, and weight from the Indianapolis area. So someone out there is putting things yeah, together. Yeah, so she's doing it too. And her co-workers or superiors and stuff are also kind of lackluster about this idea. They're like, these people aren't victims. They're not missing. They've moved on to other cities that are glitzier and more receptive of their homosexual tendencies and so she's been looked at like she's wasting her time virgil also reads about another guy named jeff jones that went missing uh that just uh, he was 31 years old and just they said disappeared from the streets then he also heard about roger allen goodlett 34 
He left his mom's place and disappeared from a gay bar on 16th Street. Okay, then he started going to different bars all in the area with posters, talking to patrons, trying to figure out who's seen what, when, where. And Goodlett had left our place, the bar, not our house, <laughs> and with a man if, with a vague description in a light blue car with Ohio plates. When Vandergriff brought that information to the police, they didn't give a shit. So we've, we've counted now... Three men who frequent gay bars have gone missing. Missing. Yeah, that they know of. That it, a young man named Tony Harris was a good friend of Roger Goodlett, and he wanted to figure this out because you know I'm sure they all knew each other. Like yeah. If you or so they're, they're trying to figure out people are going spots. people that they know or friends of theirs or friends of friends are going missing. Tony had seen a man at the 501 Club staring at one of. Roger Goodlett's missing persons photos, and he was staring it at a way that, like a creepy stare, longingly, so it made him go up to him to see what was going on. The man introduced himself as Brian Smart and invited Tony out for the night. Man, if I ever get to where I've got to make a name for myself, it ain't gonna be Brian Smart. No, I was always like, Brian Dumb, at least he didn't do Brian Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be... My name's Maverick Goose. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it can't be too memorable. No. It needs to be like... Generic? Joe Reedy or something. Tom Brady. My name's Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. And I have a robotic thumb. thumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that guy. He Something about his thumb. <laughs> Tony reluctantly agreed to get in this dude's car and go back with him to this house he said he was working at. Which is odd to me. All of your friends go missing. And then you get into a stranger's car. I know. He, well, he's going to figure this out. Like, he's, like, playing detective. So, he, yeah. that's what, so he got into the man's gray Buick with Ohio plates. And they headed north on Meridian Street and turned into US 31, somewhere past 121st Street, and something called Farm is all Tony could remember. So, he was really trying. Yeah. That's actually, like, well, and I think he was not from the area either. So, right about now, we'll put in a clip of Tony describing his experience with Brian Smart of what happened to him when he went home. Which is something it's strange creepy. in itself. It's creepy. One thing led to another within 15 minutes. I'm in his car going to what I've been told to be his employer's home in Hamilton County. The house was a very dusty place to be. Mannequins all over in different postures. I asked him about the mannequins. He told me that the owner didn't want to be alone. I was standing in the pool. He began to drop hints, you know, as to what he was into. He placed a hose around my neck. This was not an attack. This was asking, are you into this? Uh, he liked to be strangled, so he asked me to strangle him or to hold his throat, so I did. He fell unconscious down into the water. Within a minute, he came to, looks directly up at me, and tells me of the rush that he has, the exhilaration of the whole experience for him. He wanted to reciprocate with me. I, uh, I allowed this. He had a way with his hands 
on your neck. Once he starts with this process, you don't want him to stop. You want it to continue. He could uh, bring on a sort of ecstasy. He told me what turned him on about it was seeing the eyes bulge out of the head, seeing the lips swell up and at times crack, the discoloration in the skin. He spoke as if he was in some sort of ecstasy or rapture. I told him that he was hurting people. I told him that I would be going to the authorities. He laughed in my face and told me that no one would ever believe someone like me. I contacted the private investigator. I told him that a man was up in Hamilton County strangling people. So now we've been introduced to the Garden of Mannequins. <gasps> yes! You're right. And so it's like, we were talking about how did Tony, like, survive this encounter? Well, I think Tony was a bigger guy. He was a little bit, you know, he wasn't smaller than her. So I think that, and part of the game, I'm sure, with her wasn't, that he kills every single person that he took home with him or got to take home. It, part of the game is playing God of whether I decide from moment to moment if I'm going to kill you or not. So that part of the thrill is even just deciding. So we have a lot of weird factors going on here. Yeah. Yeah, Tony, like, he's really lucky he didn't. didn't. He didn't, but he, he kind of was smart about it. Yeah, I... I mean, the details, you come out saying, this person has an indoor pool, for one. A plethora of mannequins. Yeah, all weirdos have indoor pools. Mm-hmm. They yeah. do. And they also have man. Okay, you are weird if you have mannequins. I don't like mannequins and I don't like dolls. Like, that's my nightmare. My nightmare is all these mannequins pop, like posed around a pool. A death pool. There is it an indoor death pool? It's an indoor death pool. And it's only a lap pool. Like, it's only like waist deep. Like, it's not even a... That's okay, though. Does the mannequins could still drive me. They could. I gotta say, if I had all the money in the world to build a house, there'd be an indoor pool. Probably. Would you buy mannequins? Um, boy, I'd really have to think about that one. Do you think that he got the mannequins from his store, or yes. he was just like... Yeah, I bet he did. Yeah. No, I bet I bet the fucking bastard went to JCPenney's and just... Stole them. That was, like, part of the thrill. I'm gonna All go those mannequins are, like, mannequins. a solid A cup, too. Like, the female, like, they if never put... to Macy's, they're all, like... They all look like cartoon characters. Like, yeah. somebody took, like, Crayola markers and, like, drew on hair. I know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he comes back and he mannequins says... Mannequins always creep me the fuck out. It doesn't matter who you are, nobody likes a mannequin. I think Buffalo Bill had a mannequin, too. <gasps> yeah, the skin suit. <gasps> oh. Like, he had to... Do So he comes out and he's like, this guy has an indoor pool. And he also has friends... That hang out there, yeah. aka the the posed mannequins. They're dressed to party. Of my nightmares. Mm-hmm. And he has a wet bar where they serve alcohol, and I believe other drugs are being done. Uh, and there's also a hose. By the mannequins. There's a hose. There's always a hose. Yeah, the uh, the mannequins seem a little bit normal when you think about hanging somebody with a hose while really? they they uh, polish the one eyed gopher. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. People have actually, people have died not from somebody not you know. I just so happened to go home with the wrong person from the gay bar that night and got 
it got strangled to but death while, just I, like, while I was trying to masturbate. Isn't it the pass out game yeah. or something? Yeah. But with a sexual. Well, yeah, there's there that was I mean that mm-hmm. was a thing in the news for a while. People mm-hmm. kids were doing that, and a couple kids died. Yep. And it's I, like it's just depriving oh. brain or your oxygen to your brain. Scheme of things doesn't really sound like a good idea. No. <laughs> so strangling yourself. Well, you know it's probably like lifting weights. You should always have a spotter. Yeah. So get if you're going to do it, you need to do it safe and have, have a buddy system. You have to have a safe word. Except that buddy does not need to be... Brian Smart. Brian Smart. <laughs> yep. Because number one, that's a, that's a stupid fucking name to make up. Brian Smart. Yeah. It should have been Brian Smith. Yeah. Hey man, what's your name? Uh, His second name should have been two syllables. Brian Smart? Great. <laughs> Why? So they, it was easy to remember? No, just a little more firm. A I, firm. Like, believable. Yeah. He should have named, made his name like Meta World. I'm Meta World oh, Peace. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my gosh. But I've got pictures up of the pool and the hose is like snaked around into the water. That was his little... Mm-hmm. His little treasure I don't know, trove. His little uh, party favor. Yeah, and be, you know... People are into that shit, but if you're doing it with a serial killer, it's just really unhealthy. It's not good for you. So, autoerotic asphyxiation is the technical And term? if you're going to do it... Do it with a friend. Do it with a friend. <laughs> do it and with one of friend. you has to be dressed up as Batman. Yes. <laughs> you really shouldn't do it alone. Like, there's people that try to do it alone with a belt or like well, don't definitely don't i don't think i don't think we could recommend someone putting something around their neck no, no. don't just don't. can you but hoses are not like i was gonna bring the hose in here just to give us the right atmosphere while we were doing this oh but... yeah were you gonna bring your mannequins in here too no i thought they'd upset you too much they would <laughs> we have mannequins yeah i bring them out that would honestly like if i ever saw something like that i'd be out and like Two seconds. Do a hard pass. Max. A hard left turn. Out, I'd be yeah. gone. But he drove you the out there. It's the middle of the night, and you drove 20 minutes out of town, and it's like, and he's leading you in through this dank, dusty mansion, do like this back stairwell down where there's there's no lights on upstairs, only down here in this pool where he wants to choke you and rub one out at the same time. And you have to, like, and he, I think he pretended to pass out earlier. So that he didn't actually kill him. He was like, look at me. Like, playing possum is a great defense mechanism. It is. Yeah. Look at that. me. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And he, so he let go because he thought he killed him. Like, you know, killed him too soon. I just can like, my, my death is going to be, I'm going to have mannequins surrounding me. And I'm going to be choked to death. I'm going to put you in your casket with a mannequin. That's just rude. Well, don't piss me off. That's just rude. I'm going to will you in your casket. I'm going to will you in 25 minutes after the service starts. Well, yeah. <laughs> the... That'll be the final thing you do. We'll be show up late <laughs> to your own funeral. Daniel will be with like, his little walker. And I'll, I'll be sitting up front. With a date. With a date. <laughs> oh, she look who decided to show. <laughs> See, I, I told you she was always late to stuff. No. What do they say? <laughs> a queen is never late. Everyone else is it's simply early. early. Yes. <laughs> it freaks me out when I'm early to something. It means I forgot or I'm at the wrong place. Yeah. No. Yep. I lie and tell you half hour normally before we have to leave. See, that's the other thing where people are like, don't lie to your spouse. Yes, lie. Lie. Lie all you can. But in a good way. But in a good way. <laughs> like when you tell me these pants make my butt look nice. Nice. Does that happen often? Let's move on. All right. 
Brian Smart wanted to meet up again, but he ended up standing Tony Harris up at the bar. They so this guy meet. willingly wanted to meet up with Mr. Yeah. Smart again. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to solve this this problem. Take me I'm back gonna... to your mansion. Yeah. Take me back to your pool. So this is when Virgil Vandergriff and Mary Wilson kind of team up now. Problem So Mary missing. Wilson's been investigating the disappearances of gays in the community, mm-hmm. while Mr. Vandergriff, is that his name? Yeah. Yep. Is at the same time doing some private investigation for mm-hmm. Mr. Boussard. Yep. And she served in the sex crime division, and she, so she knew some, like, pathology of sex criminals, and so she kind of had background for this, but in Missing Persons is where she currently was. Well, it's no wonder she started to put things together. Yeah. Then. Her investigation, other than the men that Vandergriff had, she was investigating 20-year-old Richard Hamilton, 21-year-old Johnny Bear, 28-year-old Alan Livingstone. We're at least up to six people that are missing now. In the 90s. So it's all around the same time still. And they were all... So she put plainclothes officers in the bars trying to figure out more information Virgil dispatched one of his uh, retired state troopers to scout the suburbs area. And they actually did come back with, like, the Fox Hollow Farm address. And Tony was like, nah, I don't don't think that's it. And it's like, it has an indoor pool with mannequins. Like, how is this not it? Well, I guess you can't see it from the outside. No, he couldn't. He couldn't go in. And he's like, I think he said the driveway wasn't long enough or something. But it's like, when you're in the middle of the night, like... Well, you we had a few drinks. Like you don't how, know what your final destination is. Yeah. So they actually did, like, aerial shots of their land. They did areola shots? That is a... <laughs> an odd activity. I'm sure people do that. But that's not this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was internet. that thing that said that the color of your areola is the exact right shade for your lipstick. Let's move on. <laughs> and girls were taking pictures of their nipples and taking them in to Sephora, Sephora. and zooming in. Match me up, baby. And like, look at my picture. <laughs> Anyways. What a nice shade of green. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't right. That ain't right. While this is going on, Herb is like, his facade is starting to crack some. He can't maintain this marriage. Like, they're fighting more, and the two save She almost stores, saw his penis. Almost. But oh it just God. turned out to be a hamster he had the in his stress. pocket. The stress. Let me winks. Let me winks. <laughs> uh, the save lot stores are still trying to run those, uh, but it's the strain of a sexless, loveless marriage. Their business suffered by the end of 94. 90- 1994, the stores are taking a plunge, the shoppers decline, lots of bills, and she's threatening divorce, bickering. I love a good bicker. Oh, you heard me. (laughs) Uh, But at work, he's starting to get weirder and weirder, darker, and yelling at employees, hiring and firing, making them do things that they weren't hired to do. And would accuse them of disappearing when really he was the one who would disappear, get drunk, and then come back. So we really like something. It's all coming down. Uh, so he decided to stop into the Varsity Lounge on August 29th, 1995, which I'm assuming is another gay bar. And Tony Harris just happened to be there. And he didn't like 
you know, Tony knew who he was right away, but just kind of casually again walked up to him to be like, hey, how have you been? Hey, hose guy. I've been guy. great, hose guy. I keep a hose by my bed every night because I think about you. And they... I go to the department store way more often. <laughs> so he went out with them, and I think he had a friend write down the plate of the truck he got into. Yeah, someone snuck out the back door. Mm-hmm. And they told Mary, and called Mary Wilson. <laughs> yeah, we made eye contact. We made eye contact. <laughs> Slipped out the back door, you know. <laughs> Let me, he exited through a door in the rear of the building. <laughs> it's not going to get any better. It's not. And. Oh. <laughs> so the plate number belonged to not Brian Smart. Dun, dun, dun. But to Herbert R. Baumeister of Westfield, Indiana. Who called it? I think we all called okay. it. Okay. <laughs> he lived in an estate called Fox Hollow Farm with his wife and children. So Mary tells her boss, Lieutenant Thomas Green, they approached him at his store and said, Listen, bitch, we know what's going on. You're a suspect. We want to see your home. And he goes, Contact my lawyer. And so, which, oh. you know, it's kind of the right thing to do. I mean, I mean, if you're in trouble, don't say anything. Mary then contacts Julie, because Julie's on the property, too. Julie the wife. Julie the wife can give consent for them to search the property. Well, Herb had already called her and said, they're trying to frame me for stealing something, something. Don't let anyone onto the property. And she said, okay, Herb, okay. So I can do that, no problem. <laughs> and so even when I think Mary told her what they were there for, really, she was just like, not having any of that business in my face. Like, she refused to acknowledge no, it. No, no, I talked to Herb, and he said no. <laughs> and he said no, and then Herb's my boss, don't you know? <laughs> so she didn't. She didn't let him in, and I'm sure really a deep down part of her knew that her shit was fucked. I mean, just like kind of going, did she never go to the pool? This is what I need to know. Did he remove the mannequins when the family came home? No, I think they were always there. Cause I think that well, they were hidden in that back room. The back room, the mannequin room. We talking about in back doors. The, the bar that they were. No, the the man weren't the mannequins in the bar he had. Maybe I don't think they were out by the pool. I think the mannequins were. I think they were around the pool. I don't think so. That's what maybe we'll never. The best know. thing about mannequins is they're movable. Different position. Stop every that! Night. They don't move by themselves though. <laughs> I guess we won't know. That's why I was wondering, does he have these, like, weird mannequins out? When the kids and stuff? When the kids and stuff are home? Probably. And the kids go to school and they're like, well, my daddy has a lot of those things in department stores. It wouldn't be weird, though, because, yeah, I bet they came from the department store. Like, you could have brought them home. I'm taking them from my workshop here, and I'm bringing them home to fix them up here, and then I'll take them back. I'm going to dress them up in this nice little (laughs) G-string. Oh, God. Okay, so now that, though, the crime scene is no longer Marion County, it's Hamilton County. So Mary, the detective, no longer has any jurisdiction, and she just becomes, like, a passenger in all of this. So she She, did all this work. Yeah. And then Hamilton County was like, yeah, but mm, we don't really want to. So they just drug their feet in all of this. And I can understand... Maybe with the search warrant, they didn't really have a whole lot of evidence besides Tony Harris's testimony and stuff like that, right? And his plate being Ohio plate. Yeah, like, so they didn't really have any lot of stuff. So I could just see that. And just because 
Tony Harris says, I had this weird sexual encounter, they're going to be like, okay, that really doesn't mean much to So me. they don't want to accuse this nice, law-abiding, pillar-of-the-community citizen of being a gay, strangling man killer. So they didn't do any... It wasn't until six months later, June of 1996, when Julie came to her senses, called her lawyer to call Mary to be like, I guess you can come over. And She just out of the blue was like... Yeah, because Herb was getting worse and worse. Oh, it's and time, friend. The Children's Bureau, like, pulled out of their store. It's not funny, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they canceled their contract. Both her and Herb had filed for a divorce. He was out of town with their son in Lake Wawasee. And she took the opportunity to say, you guys should come look at our house now. So he's not there. He doesn't know. She called the police. And Mary, you know, gets in her car. She brings two skeptical Hamilton County officers with her. And they're flat out, like, looking at her like, bitch, this is bullshit. And we don't want to be here. So I bet I really would have liked to have been there when they get into the backyard and be like, who's bullshit? What? Hmm? Like you, eight-year-old Danielle, yeah, back there. <laughs> like I need to know. <laughs> so she met the law enforcement at her front door, led them back to the wooded backyards. <laughs> she pointed to a spot that in 1994 her son had found a skeleton. Huh? That seems rather odd. Yeah. A human skeleton? Well, he found the head, huh? The skull, and he walked in and said, "Here, Bobby." I found, I found this in the yard. And she picked it up and polished it and turned it into an ashtray like any other good mother would. But <laughs> <laughs> she went, you, you should show me where you found this. And there was where the head was attached to. A, a full human skeleton, which she later asked her, like, the fuck is this? And he said, oh, that's just one of my dad's anatomy skeletons that was in the garage when I cleaned it out. I just buried it in the backyard. And Doesn't sound like he tried to bury it much. No. Sounds like he just went. He just whoosh, tossed he it. He threw it back there. Oh, okay, Herb. Okay, that makes sense, Herb. Got it. <laughs> and she said she went back a week later, and it was gone. So she figured animals just tore it apart and ate its all up, sus. Something like that. Yep. And that was the reason why she hadn't told police. It wasn't a real human skeleton. It was their fake anatomy skeleton. Uh, and the lo- yard looked mostly normal until they started, like, kicking around patches of dirt just beyond the patio. And one someone then pulled up a foot-long chunk of charred bone. And they weren't sure if it was human or not, like, just because you pull up bones. So they did live in a wooded area. Mm-hmm. Then all, they started to look down at where they were standing and noticed that the pebbles and the rocks all about the yard were, were not pebbles and rocks, but bone fragments as well as some teeth. So they're standing in a boneyard. So you really think you're doing a good job by just throwing the remains in the backyard? See the but like, they had buried. I mean, he buried. He got more and more comfortable and I got guess. less and less like concerned with where yeah. he was disposing. This is fine, just right off the patio here. It's <laughs> kind of like starting a new job. I'm going to do real we're nice first thing. I'm going to I'm going to bury these bodies, and then it's like. No one's going to find you out, out here. Out the window. <laughs> yeah. Sweep it under the rug. You know what I'm saying? Mary delivered the bags of evidence to forensic anthropologist Stefan Naraki of Indiana University. Uh, his response was, they're human, they're recent, and they've been burned. 
Oops. Oops. So now everyone's kissing Mary's ass going, I'm sorry, Mary. This time, they started a, an official dig. Like, we have to get some serious people out here to dig up all these bones. I declare an excavation. Yep. It was him, only two hours north. Yeah, they, he still doesn't know what's going on. Oh, no. So the prosecutor at the time, Sonia Learcamp, was there. The Noraki guy I just mentioned, anthropologist, came out. Which you, you got to think they're having a field day. They're like, yes, I'm in a lab all the time. Like, I'd yeah. Be, like, if I was a smart person, and all the archaeologists are trying to come. Yes. Yeah, a whole anthropology team is there. We're coming. <laughs> and what they started doing was placing those little flags, you know, that you have when they're marking like electrical stuff in mm-hmm. your yard. And within 30 minutes, they had like a hundred flags everywhere where they found bone pieces. And so they're like, marking evidence. Yeah, and it's like it's all over the damn place. And the dig continues while the police are then searching their house, and they find the mannequins and the pool. Wouldn't be hard to, I'm sure. Yep. And th- but then they also found a kind of hidden video camera that the police believe he recorded every single one of these murders with. But there were no tapes. So now they have about 60 volunteers. He learned. He learned at an early age. You always hide your good VHS tapes from your parents. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nowadays... <laughs> Kids nowadays don't... Don't know what it's like. They don't, don't know really what struggle. it's like. <laughs> 60 oh, volunteers. Mom, not Bambi on VHS. <laughs> it's not Bambi anymore. <laughs> that's, that's not Mary's first birthday party. <laughs> oh, God. So the first couple days, Search had produced about 5,500 bones, teeth, and bone fragments, which they believe made up four bodies. And ding, Uh, ding, ding, we know of at least six that are missing. And then neighbors start coming over and going, Hey, oh, like, we've got some bones over here, too. Uh, We've just been ignoring them till the police (laughs) came over. (laughs) We thought someone decorated for Halloween just never took them down. Uh, So it was like a drainage ditch between the properties. And they're going over there. That's rude. And there's human rib cages sticking up out of the dirt. Like, and spines and vertebrae. And those are... That stuff makes me feel weird, thinking about that stuff. That's just rude. He put them on someone else's yard. Yeah, and he didn't bother to burn those or, like, cut those up. That's what it's like, you know, rib cages. Here's a rib cage for you. Here's a molar for you. You, You're just tossing them over there like they won't notice. You gotta wonder if he broke, like, broke pieces. I'm just gonna fucking scatter Well, he was out there. What was he out there drinking? I don't know. Remember his favorite? No, it's not Coors Light. (laughs) Close, though. Remember? Moose piss. (laughs) He was out, so he's out there. They find handcuffs too. So he had handcuffed these bodies out there, and then also there were a bunch of cans of Miller Genuine Draft, which is Herb's preferred drink. Oof. Yep. So clearly, he okay. All this evidence, bottle all that up and hold on to it, okay? Because that sounds real guilty to me. But he was at the lake, and during this, they need to get the sun away from him before he figures out you know, what's going on. And he becomes a man on the run. Yeah, so so she, they get a judge to draw up an order to go there, and the police go and get the son. They don't interview him. They don't detain him. They don't arrest him. They don't do fucking nothing. They just take the son, and they let him go. Like, so clearly now he knows something's up. Well, they told him that. They told him that this was due to the divorce, and this has just got passed by the judge. And Yeah, but I've... Tough tinsel. Tough tinsel. Oh, and I'm sure he knew something. Was yeah, happening. still, so, I feel like he'd be. Like, but I doubt. I doubt he thought. Wonder 
if they found those, those bodies, bodies I hid in the back. Because I got real lazy about a year and a half ago. They got the son away from him, and then he leaves, calls his brother, says, hey, I'm on a business trip in Michigan in Fenville, and I need some money. His brother sends the money and then realizes, oh, on the news, finds out that he's giving money, aiding and abetting a serial killer, and calls the police, tells them where he went. And at this point, then, he's entered Canada along Lake Huron shoreline to the Grand Bend, Ontario. And he stays in a park in his car. So he is on the run now. Oh, yeah. He knows. He's It's on the news. He got visited by the cops. He got the nervous farts. And he said, it's It's time time to go, go, kids. (laughs) And he gets a Mountie. I'm going to call it a Mountie. I think it was a woman, too. Knocks on his car. He's asleep in his car. And she's like, what are you doing here, eh? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just a tourist, and I was traveling, and I wanted to sleep before I kept going. I'll move on. And she goes, okay, A, and let him go. Because Hamilton County wouldn't even put out a be on your lookout, wouldn't do anything. He wasn't in the system. It was nothing. So when she typed his name and everything in, he didn't pop up as a person wanted or missing. His car was full of VHS tapes, she remembers. All those tapes were gone. And no one has ever found him. Which is interesting. I mean. So in Pinery Park in uh, in July 3rd of that same year, which was like 1996? It I was think. 1996 by this time. Yeah. He put a .357 Magnum revolver to his forehead and pulled the trigger. Jeez. Say it for me, it's, Daniel. It's, it's .357. It's not point three five. Am I a gun? Person. You're a person researching a story. You should know. Well, when I read the words, they don't speak at me. I read them in my head and (laughs) read them to myself. She's not a gun connoisseur. Say it. Thirty-seven. Three fifty-seven. Then there doesn't need to be that little point there. (laughs) You just tell the whole gun community that there does need to be a point. Yeah. Um, But if there's not a point, then you know how large that. that 357 is compared to points 357. There was just nothing left of him after he pulled the trigger. <laughs> him and a lot of other yeah. shit. So he left a note in a three page suicide note saying it's because of his failing business and irreparable ma- marriage. He's sorry for disturbing the park. He is about to eat a snack. If you were going to have a last snack right before you shot yourself, what would it be? Turkey Lunchable. Seriously? I'm just kidding. All the things in the world. That's just I'd have lobster tail, filet mignon. It's, snack. it's not it's got okay. a, a lobster tail. Usually I eat the entire lobster. So just the lobster So just tail. the no, tail. A snack. If I was gonna have a snack, I'm thinking like chili cheese french fries. That's not banging. Yeah. Maybe some barbecue wings. I don't know. Rallies. That's not a snack, Carla. <laughs> Damn that's, it. That's, then let me let me go with my turkey lunchable. A piece of pizza? Maybe. I have some pizza. Or some, like, Rally's French fries. Oh, oh that sounds man. really good now. I'd go to Chick-fil-A and get waffle fries and just, like, douse them in Chick-fil-A sauce mixed with, like, their mayonnaise. If I knew I was getting ready to shoot myself with, well, any, any kind of gun, I probably wouldn't be all that hungry. I know. That's what I was thinking, yeah. too. I'd at least have a Diet Coke. But... I wonder if they confirm that the peanut... No. Yeah, he wrote... He goes, I am now going to... Eat a peanut butter sandwich and go to sleep. Who didn't even want any jelly on it? That's where they knew 
this is our guy. What's wrong with this guy? Yeah, he didn't even put any jelly on his peanut butter sandwich. This guy's weird. I eat peanut butter sandwiches. I know, yeah. You. Okay, so the other half of this is that how long had her Baumeister been killing people for reals? We at least know since 1994 at this time. But they speculate well before that because uh, they were in, in Ohio, Pebble County, Ohio. Uh, David Lindoff was their prosecutor, and after learning about everything that happened, they're kind of connecting some dots after the fact that he, they're investigating I-70 murders, which was later coined the I-70 Strangler. Okay. And he had made hundreds of business trips to and from Columbus in Indiana. And they- Rounding up the goods for the Mm -hmm. thrift store. Yep. He's like, I just got to get all that Ohio State merchandise. That'll really sell. (laughs) Yeah, Ohio <laughs> State, yeah. Like, those... That's why the business failed. Yo, wah, wah. <laughs> and the last known I-70 murder had been committed in 1990, not long before the Indianapolis disappearances began. So he's he stopped having to use the interstate because he had that house to dispose of the bodies. So meaning that he would leave the bodies on the interstate mm-hmm. or he would commit the crime and then leave the body on the yeah, interstate. Yeah, like, but dumping ground wise. He, that was his dumping ground, but yeah. he didn't necessarily commit the crimes off the interstate. I yeah. Like. That I, would be a little mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah. But let's be honest. If you've ever driven on 70, you've been at a point in time where you wanted to kill somebody. Yes. I did not that long ago and I was like, wow, this never ends. <laughs> uh, so when they told his wife, hey, we think he was the I-70 strangler too, she's like, doesn't surprise me now. Like, oh, you, now, now you you've now gotten smart, know. Julie. Okay, Julie, you didn't know anything back then. Nope. She gave him credit card receipts. Uh, Hamilton County didn't even bother to process his car after all this. Like Hamilton County gave zero fucks. They did absolutely nothing. And if they had done, how many times did we figure out they could have detained him? Three, I believe. On three separate occasions, they could have at least detained him to question him. Uh, he could have said nothing, but they could have. So the reason why Herb is not in prison, or at least never was prosecuted, something is because of Hamilton County, in my opinion. And I, I, I would go with that. Yeah, and you can tell when they interview this guy, he's like, he can't really say we fucked up, but he's trying to say, do I regret that we didn't? Yeah. Was it just? Because of the nature of the crime? I think they didn't want to, yeah, step they on They didn't want to have... You said he was probably giving them money. Maybe. Well, I mean... Yeah. Maybe there was money involved. Uh, maybe they didn't... Not say, I'm not, I wasn't saying that he was paying them off. But... No, but they were getting money. <laughs> well... Donations. He, he, yeah. Again, the pillar of the community mm-hmm. probably donating to local organizations. He or probably, maybe they he didn't... wrote a check to, and they're not going to anybody... They're not going to go after somebody like that, especially when they think, in their mind, no one like him that is has money, has a, has a fucking farm, and a house that they paid a million dollars from living out here would do such a thing. And he's married with kids. And he was on the news about that raccoon. He was upset about that raccoon. There was no fucking way. No he's way. Such, he has such a big heart. That's right. No way. And well, a big hose. Maybe that. Maybe they didn't want a serial killer associated with Hamilton mm-hmm. County. And it is now, bitches. Maybe they weren't willing to face the victims. And and that was something else that happened. Is like, let's see. And they also, even in the newspapers, the victims still were painted in a less than favorable light. 
they were still painted, some of them as prostitutes, the fringe people, uh, gay, this or that. Like, it was never just flat out victims of a, you know, no, this there had man, to, they this had m- to make sure to make it evident. Yeah, the, it was still, well, they were gay and they could have been prostitutes, so they kind of were still asking for it. So it was, it was still spun that way. And which is so wrong. And it's I'm, so backwards. Of course, that would never happen today. But Okay, and I wanted to read this. The police, um, the remains who were identified through DNA, I think that, because they never found any skulls. Like, no one knows. I guess he did give them all to Julie, and she made them into some type of ashtrays, like the kids that bring home from school. They make... You, they Where the have... fuck did you go to school that you made an ashtray? <laughs> didn't you make ashtrays no! in like art class? No! Even the... Went to a Catholic school. I made ashtrays. Like, it... Are you sure you weren't making like ring holders? Like little cups for mom to put Whatever. her rings on. So all the skulls <laughs> nope, were gone. She, she got an ashtray. She was like, this is for mommy's cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't smoke. I'm like, well, you're about to start. <laughs> So they never found any heads, but the teeth, I think the dentin or the pulp and the teeth you can get DNA out of. So they spent a lot of time and I think a lot of years trying to test all the bones. Because it's the right thing to do. And if they had detained him and it would have been awful, but somebody would have went back and watched all the videos and they'd be able to figure out Mm. all of the victims and there wouldn't be like a question mark on videos with him without knowing people were searching. Oh, I think he just traveled with his prize possessions. I'm, I'm sure that was, yeah. Like, what are the odds? Like, you he, think he he'd had those buried before, below a floorboard or something? No, like, he probably was like, I need to remember to rewind these next yeah. time I pull it. <laughs> Be I kind, rewind. That had been a problem if he accidentally turned one of those back in to Blockbuster, God rest its soul. And then for anyone born after 2000, I know you don't get it. It's okay. We used to have to rewind our VHSs. <laughs> So, when they tested the DNA, they were able to identify Johnny Bear, 20, Alan Wayne Broussard, 28, Roger A. Goodlett, 33, Richard D. Hamilton, 20, Stephen S. Hale, 26, Jeff Allen Jones, 31, and Michael Kiern, 46, all of Indianapolis, and then Manuel Resendez, 31 of Lafayette. I think that's the list of all his victims. How many that we know of. That we know of. Yeah, there's so many more that could be on I-70 that we would have no idea. Yeah. Um, they did agree, though. I, Ohio and Indiana came together, held a press conference, said the sketch we have of I-70 Strangler, because there was an eyewitness that identified him, and her, they definitively linked him. I mean, some people will disagree, but it, what creeps me out the most is that the strangling stopped once he had this house. Like, the timelines add up. And things like that. And she was, and Julie was gone. The kids would be gone during the summer. It was like 10 men went missing during three summers. Like, like his hunting season is the creepiest fucking thing. It is. And And all these guys were doing were just out there trying to be themselves. Mm -hmm. Hang out with their friends, people that accepted them. And then, of course, he decided to take advantage of that and try to take advantage of that. And he used it for his own benefit. Just be careful who you go home with. Yeah, really, though. Like, always use the buddy system. No matter no matter who you hang out with, your sexual orientation, use the buddy system. Anything else, Daniel? Uh, nope, nope, I will definitively have nightmares for two months minimum because of mannequins. For two And teeth. I don't like teeth either, people. To her 2,000 likes, I will put a mannequin in Carla's bedroom. No! 
Oh yeah, I'll do it for a thousand. Yep. I'll do it for a. Thousand. It's not like it's retweets. Tweets. I'll never come home. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a promise. <laughs> I'll put it in the back seat of her car. <gasps> Someone overnight. did that. Someone did that to me. Someone did that. Oh well, then that's not original. <laughs> no, it's not that. original. I'm gonna put it in your bathroom overnight one night. So when you walk Jesus in, it's staying. Christ, they <laughs> really can't. Like it's giving. Me... It's our first giveaway. Scare the piss out of Carla. Cheese <laughs> oh, and rice. Cheese and rice. Okay, I think that's it. This is episode four. We'll be back another time with the next one. Hopefully no flu. No flu, no catastrophes. we got to figure out what we're going to do. you got an idea, let us know. Because you can. Yeah. Follow um, us on Twitter and Instagram. The ha- handle, excuse me, is at Hoosier Homicide. We also have a Facebook. You can go and like us. Leave us comments. People already have. Peace out to you. I mean, shout out to you. Peace, my friends. <laughs> I'm a millennial. Woohoo. Uh, <laughs> well, you made that obvious. <laughs> yes. It's painful. Uh, you can email us. What is it? Who's your homicide at gmail.com? Mm-hmm. I think that's it. And for honest to goodness, stay, stay out, out of the, the corn, corn or off I 70. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast. If you're a true crime addict like I am, then my podcast is for you. It's a podcast for the ultimate true crime enthusiast, giving you a glimpse into the life and crimes of the most demented minds. You won't want to miss an episode.